0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all.
1: Well, greetings everyone, welcome and thank you for joining us today. You are tuned to The Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and where we invite you to awaken to your inner divinity. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. So,
2: what's on tap for today, Tom?
1: Well, today we're going to focus on government, and in particular, God-centered government.
2: Well, yeah, that's something we've covered before, right? Well, you know,
1: that's true. We have. And I wanted us to revisit this topic primarily because God should be an integral part of any government equation, no matter where or when. But sadly, God is more often left out than invited in. And I think world conditions certainly demonstrate this lack.
2: Well, perhaps sadder still, there are many countries in which violence, terrorism, and tyranny are condoned, and even routinely accepted in the name of God.
1: You know, I'm reminded of a recent event here in the U.S. at the Democratic National Convention where the party leaders had chosen to remove the name of God from their party's platform.
2: Oh, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I saw something about that, too. Yeah,
1: and, you know, please forgive me, everyone, for rehashing old news, but but I think the incident was quite instructive. When news got out that the name of God had been removed, there was something of an uproar. So party leaders, realizing that they had made a public relations error, sought to return God to the platform's language. And they did this by voice vote. And when the chairman asked the crowd to indicate their feelings by a yay or nay vote, the nays clearly outnumbered the yeas.
2: Embarrassing, (laughs) to say the least. Well,
1: you know, not only that, but the chairman was clearly not pleased because he'd been directed by someone high up, we don't know who, to make sure that God got put back in the platform language. As a result, he asked for the vote to be repeated three times, and the result Mm -hmm. was the same each time. So he was clearly embarrassed by the crowd's vote, yet he nevertheless had to pretend... That the yeas had carried the day, and God was officially, if very reluctantly, returned to the Democratic Party's platform. <laughs> uh,
2: not their finest hour, for sure, but it certainly... Not an isolated incident either. I mean, look at the court rulings that have taken prayer out of the school, Uh banned the display of the Ten Commandments in public places, attempts to remove God from the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh Local courts have even banned Christmas trees in certain places because of their religious overtones for fear that they might offend someone. Ooh, come on already.
1: (laughs) You know, it's definitely gotten crazy out there. And you have to ask yourself why. Why is it so important for some to be so aggressively and adamantly opposed to having God in their lives, even at a distance.
2: Well, it's probably not too hard to figure out where we stand on this issue. We, yeah. We, but it is our belief that most, if not all of you listening, are on the same side of the fence.
1: You know, and really, no matter whether you are or not, this country at least was founded on certain principles and inalienable right, ina- I can't even say that word, those <laughs> rights we're talking about, endowed and inspired by God. Do you think that some people fear God, even the very idea of God? because they fear to be called to account for their free will choices?
2: Well, I don't know, but I, I take it to mean that maybe those who deny God have got some ages-old karma that they would just as soon <laughs> avoid and not be reminded of.
1: You know, it could be, but, you know, we won't go there right now. I, I think we should stick to our opening focus on putting God back in government. And
2: what do the Ascended Masters say about God-inspired and God-directed government?
1: Well, you know, we know from the Master's teachings that government is meant to be centered on God for the very simple reason that oneness with God should be the primary focus of government. When we focus on God first, we leave all our petty humanity behind, instead aspiring to the best and highest good within us and within our neighbors.
2: And maybe our friends who don't believe in God or oppose displaying God in public really do want to be measured against such a high standard. They may not want
1: to be measured against such a high standard. Well, you know, because it can be easier to ignore God than to live by his will. And in, in an ideal... God-centered society, God's will would be paramount, and we don't want this to sound too academic. So here's the bottom line,
2: Terry. In the ideal <laughs> society, citizens would be awakened to their innate divine potential,
1: knowing the reality of their I am presence in Holy Christ Self.
2: Oh, so many. So maybe people deny God deep down. They <clears throat> I, let me say that again, Tom. <laughs> so maybe people deny God because deep down they know they're actually through through their I am presence in Christ Self, one with Him. And that, of course, comes with a boatload of accountability.
1: <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> you know, well, to paraphrase what we said a moment ago, when you are aligned with God, there's nowhere to hide. You are indeed accountable for every thought, word, and deed.
2: But some people believe that they can escape God's notice, maybe because they can't see him. (laughs) Like little children who put their hands over their eyes and say, can't see me. Because they can't see you, they think you can't see them.
1: Yeah, and while it's very cute, it's neither emotionally mature nor productive. Now, Terry, do you notice something that we keep doing? Talking a lot? (laughs) Oh, I veiled reference to my verbosity? <laughs> well,
2: not not all that veiled, actually. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but what I think we're, you're getting at is that every time we start to talk about putting God in and keeping God in government, the conversation quickly comes down to the individual level.
1: Exactly. Boy, you actually do pay attention. <laughs>
2: Why, yes, I do. Tom. But all kidding aside, the point is certainly clear, that God government begins at home, with the individual, with the family, with your local community.
1: You know, it's absolutely true. The Ascended Masters teach that virtually any form of government will work when the basic principle of the soul's integrity and its relationship to God is not only
2: maintained... But when the individual's <laughs> right to become one with God is recognized as the government's supreme obligation. Kind of what our founding fathers had in mind.
1: Well, you know, they certainly believed in divine providence, and God is the source of all things. You know, I overheard a conversation the other day, and someone said, quite passionately, where is God when you need him? And it makes you wonder just how far removed some of us feel from our spiritual roots. Exactly.
2: God is us. It's we who must act when the need arises. And remember what we've said many times. All energy is God's energy. God acts through us. Not separate from us or in spite of us, but with and through us.
1: Well, it certainly puts that accountability we mentioned earlier, squarely on our shoulders, doesn't it? I mean, if we want God government, it is up to us to create and sustain it. You and me, well, and the ascended masters, and (laughs) the angels,
2: and God. Now that's an (laughs)
1: almighty dream team. Yeah, well, they're undefeated. (laughs) And (laughs) they've, they've got a really great game plan.
2: Yes, they do. I think it, I think it bears repeating what the ascended masters say about God government. It should be the instrument for the development of the individual
1: divine potential of man in harmony Mm. with all members of the community. You talk about ideal, the potential of each individual developed in harmony with all members of the community.
2: Right. Everyone working together in harmony, supporting the individual. Is that even possible?
1: Well, That's how it was in the last golden ages on this planet, as well as hopefully in the golden age of Aquarius yet to come. So what are we waiting for? Uh, That's the gazillion dollar question. Yeah. I really believe that people are beginning to wake up to their individual responsibility as God-directed beings. In fact, there are many out there who have been awake for some time, and the ranks of those who can see themselves among the spiritually aware are growing daily. Each of them contributes to the reawakening of an awareness of the need for leadership that is aligned with God's will. And it means that each of
2: us is important. We each matter. And we each have an important role to play in outpicturing true God government. You know, in modern world history, America is the closest thing we have to actually achieving this potential for true God government.
1: Yeah, the Ascended Master's noble experiment, which is why we must resist any attempt to dilute or erode America's spiritual foundation and backbone.
2: Really makes you wonder, doesn't it, why anyone would want to tear this country down to ignore and deny its rich, God-endowed heritage.
1: It's hard to fathom. But, of course, we know that not everyone believes as we do. And by God's grace, we live in a country where these differences of belief can coexist.
2: If not always happily.
1: Well, you know, we choose our own path. And it is our prayer that more and more people will freely choose to share this path of awakening to our inner divinity within us.
2: And someday, that's what our government will promote and support.
1: Hooray. Well, let's hear an excerpt on God, government, and the ideal society from the book, The Path of the Higher Self, by Elizabeth Clare Prophet, and read by my co-host, Terry Kennedy. Yeah.
3: THE IDEAL SOCIETY Just as man has a divine image, so the society in which he evolves also has a divine image. The ideal society exists as, thy kingdom come, when every member of the group identifies with his real self and strives to outpicture the blueprint that God has ordained as the master plan for individual creative expression within a given community of souls destined to evolve as a hierarchical unit. The outer memory of past golden ages has long faded in the race consciousness, but the desire of the people for social progress and good government points to the inner memory of souls who know that there is a better way because they have experienced that way firsthand. The records of golden age civilizations have been buried not only with the continents that sank beneath the Atlantic and Pacific oceans and with the remains of other civilizations that have been destroyed through cataclysm, but also in the subconscious recesses of all evolving on this planet. Although man has been evolving upon the planet Earth for hundreds of thousands of years, his current knowledge of history goes back five to ten thousand years at the most. Therefore, except for those extraordinary men of vision, such as Plato, who wrote the Republic, Sir Thomas More, who wrote Utopia, and Francis Bacon, who wrote the Novum Organum, The bulk of the people perpetuate the erroneous concept that the perfect society is only a dream, an ever-receding goal that man may approach, but never attain. The commandment of Jesus, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect, applies to nations as well as to individuals. And it is possible of attainment because perfection is the natural estate of man toward which the soul ever gravitates, and because it has been attained before. Although some may find it hard to believe, the total absence of the element of evil within these golden ages did not lessen the variety and spice of life. On the contrary, the activities and creative opportunities of these evolutions were heightened by the infinite variegation and shadings of truth, and the unlimited potential for scientific discovery and artistic expression inherent within the real image, to which all had direct access. The challenge of initiation in the cosmic order of hierarchy kept millions happily spiraling up the ladder of greater and greater self-mastery, each step unfolding new worlds to conquer. Now government and education in the ideal society are instruments for the development of the individual potential of man in harmony with all members of the community. All institutions, public and private, stress the unity of life through its triune aspects of faith, hope, and charity, embraced as the power, wisdom, and love of God. Here the trinity in action, and a striving for excellency in all things, are the motivating forces. The leaders of the ideal society are priest, king, scientists, for there is no separation between government, science, and religion, which are seen as a manifestation of the tripartite flame of power, wisdom, and love. Positions of authority in the temples and in governmental, educational, and scientific institutions are awarded to those initiates who have passed certain degrees of self-mastery and who are thereby qualified to rule and make decisions on behalf of those still going through the tests and initiations that all must eventually pass in order to win their immortality. The laws of the ideal society are based on that cosmic law that the Creator put in the inward parts of man carefully wrote in his heart, and then sent his angels to record in the archives of Universal Truth. These have been guarded to the present hour in the retreats of the Brotherhood of Ascended Masters, who have already passed through this or other planetary schoolrooms. The moral of the story of Paradise Lost, and of every civilization fallen into ruin, is that man must consider God as the origin of all things, then he will never confuse the fountain with the stream. As Jesus said, My Father worketh hitherto, and I work. Thus, he taught the true relationship that must be maintained between God and man in the ideal society. When this relationship breaks down, the ideal society cannot long endure.
1: Well, thank you, Terry. You're welcome. Yes, yeah, so and next up, we will hear a very special interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet entitled God Government. Please stay with us.
0: Voice America's 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse the pathway to your ascension? For more information, visit www.tsl.org. This is the Voice America Seventh Wave Channel. You are listening to the Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door.
1: Welcome back, everyone. In the following interview with Elizabeth Clare Proff, titled, as we said, God-Government, we will hear Mrs. Prophet share profound insights on the relationship between God's will and government, the ascended master ideal for government, and what we can do to help our leaders, in a view, Doug Kenyon:
2: We left off yesterday talking about El Moria's ideas for government. Could you tell us a bit more
1: about those?
4: You know, the closeness of the American people to El Moria <clears throat> is nowhere more evident than in their intense concern for government, which has been from the very beginning, the participation of all people. Al Murya has written this document that I think is so marvelous, a white paper from the Darjeeling Council table. And in this white paper he proceeds to analyze what our attitude should be toward government because government and its correct functioning is the direct manifestation of our dedication to the will of God. Government is the will of people of the governed by their representatives, and without this we cannot proceed on the path of true religion or true science. He says, So many are the mysteries of life, so many are the powers of love, yet the dust seems to be more their choice than the destiny God ordained. Now there is a remnant, and the remnant is one of hope, and these are responsive hearts but the great cosmic net must reach into the deep and find them out. We must draw many to the higher pilaster. We must amplify the filaments of light in the body bulbs of those who are the true seed of God. We must protect and direct. Yet the veil of obscurity is very, very heavy. While man's concern for his ecology mounts, what shall I say is happening to the soul within. The moral standard, recognition of the plane of spirit, listening to the music of the stars and the spheres, creating that tie of cosmic identity, which is the fort of the will of God. These are the strong banners we raise. You'll remember, Doug, that Elmoria is our own personal guru. He is the ascended master who founded the Summit Lighthouse. He says... Now we compliment those who have assisted in the expansion of the light beams from the Summit Lighthouse, those who perceive our reality standing behind the printed word, those who understand that the messengers and staff are glad servants, a veil of flesh through which we indicate strands of the holy pattern. Turning his attention to the world scene, Moria wrote, Noting the widening schisms, the deliberately maneuvered divisions, being created through the dichotomies of mind and spirit in the total world order today, it is my desire to speak from our level concerning our viewpoint and our intent. Those who would set nation against nation, those who would set people against people, those who would point the accusing finger of one religion at another— by so doing create that fracture in consciousness, which is a destructive, negative spiral. May I then set forth, so that all may hear me once and for all, the policy of the Summit Lighthouse, sponsored by the Great White Brotherhood. As the brother of humble service who assisted in the pangs of birth, may I now order the promulgation of our statement of policy, and see that this shall reflect our thoughts both now and in the future. It is well known that there are in the world millions who are labeled left-wing. There are other millions labeled right-wing. There are others who choose, in some degree of human pride, I might add, the position of the middle of the road. May I say that we do not espouse any of these causes, and may I tell you why. This, to me, was the most refreshing aspect of Elmoria's consciousness when I encounter him— I found that I could be free to support the will of God anywhere in the political spectrum. I didn't have to be right wing, left wing, middle of the road. I could see the will of God and be a chila of this guru and yet be directly involved with government in America and in every nation. So Moria, to me, is the great liberator of my soul from partisan politics. And being a political science major, I found this to be a wonderful solution to a difficult problem. He writes, The magnitude of cosmic Christ's service is such that we cannot identify ourselves or our movement with one confined to a secular slice of opportunism. Those who desire to sell many copies of their magazine espouse controversial subjects, knowing that half of the people in the world will probably subscribe to their view. They play the percentages, and to them life is a wheel of roulette. From our level we can scarcely engage in such conduct. We choose then not to favor any of these positions, but rather to recognize the whole spectrum from right to left, including the middle of the road, as the valley of reality where truth may appear mingled with error." Ours is not to create division, and the Summit Lighthouse, our organization, reflects those goals which are sound and strengthening to the human spirit. May I say in all cosmic honor that there are virtuous causes across the whole range of human endeavor, but there are many that are unvirtuous, unrighteous, deceptive, and wrongly motivated. We cannot identify with any, for our purpose is not to be popular but to be truthful and to embrace those spiritual causes which will enable the soul itself to expand its life. I have not denied that the poor, as Jesus said, are with you always. I have not denied man's right to fulfill those social needs which to some have become a way of spiritual service. Likewise, we clearly see that among the traditions of men there are many a virtue, albeit sometimes sagging, that ought to be upheld. But where shall we position the timbers? We cannot identify with the right or the left, and we cannot identify with the middle of the road. I think, then, we see that the position of the ascended masters is not to ratify any human position, not to tell us that we are right, but to tell us to be wed to truth rather than personalities, platforms, because these always represent a mingling of truth and error. And what we must strive to do is to isolate truth and then champion it wherever it is found. And since all men and women have a creative potential to bring forth an element of God, then we should test what is brought forth by the standard of the will of God which we all have within us. And as God gives us the wisdom and the gift of vision to see and to know that will...
1: How do we do that?
4: Well, it is always by the reconsecration of our day and our life to that will, calling to God, kneeling in very intense prayer before we go to sleep at night, that God will realign our consciousness and we should dedicate the next day to God every night. And then while we sleep, God will purify our souls, purify our motives, give us solutions to problems. We tune into the cosmic mind which is just like a fantastic cosmic computer. It releases us through the night. All that we need to deal with the challenges of the coming day, especially should our leaders and representatives realize that they have a supreme duty to meditate upon this will of God and to be untied even to their own personal preferences and unbound by political commitments and be bound solely by and to this will of God which will surely come forth and inspire consciousness if we open ourselves to it.
1: Do the masters influence our leaders?
4: Almoria has kind of chuckled when he has told us of the many leaders that he has worked through, perhaps leaders that we would not particularly vote for, but he says whoever is in office we must work with. He says spiritual knowledge is the highest knowledge and takes into account the total compass of the brotherhood of man. For example, when we make a pronouncement that seems to sanction one or the other, and as I've said before, the garment of righteousness must run the whole spectrum, we find ourselves being labeled and our outer voice of cosmic reason, the summit lighthouse, being labeled also. The choice we make, then, is to render the greatest service to all men and women upon the planet, wherever they appear on the social scale, from the poorest to the wealthiest, from the weakest to the strongest, from the most unspiritual to the most spiritual, from the foolish to the wise. We must serve them all. And when Almoria says weed, he's talking about the Darjeeling Council and all of the Ascended Masters. And he says, unless we do, we have fallen short of our divine office. When human reform is needed, let us be about our father's business. But let us put the brakes on those unfortunate situations which literally tear from man the vital energies of his life, leaving him a profitless servant.
1: Have the masters had a great deal to do with the development of this country?
4: The masters, through St. Germain, have sponsored America to be a pilot nation, for the republican form of government, for representative government, according to the inner path of initiation, whereby those who have had the greatest attainment in the Christ consciousness would rise to the position of being not simply political figures, but statesmen and great examples to the people of virtue, and the great virtues not only of religious leaders of the past, but of Socrates and Plato and the great philosophers and scientists Integrity being one's determination to be wed to a cause with nobility, love, purity, and so forth. This is what we need in America and in every nation today. And, of course, the Ascended Masters do sponsor every nation as the leaders of the nations are responsive to their vibrations.
2: Then I gather that the resemblance between the republican form of government and hierarchy as you describe it is no coincidence.
4: It is not a coincidence, but you know Almoria has said it really doesn't matter what the form of government any form of government can work when the basic principle of the integrity of the soul and the soul's relationship to God is maintained, and when the rulers, be it the single enlightened despot or a committee or a, a larger group or the people themselves, when the governing body considers its supreme obligation to safeguard the individual's right to become one with God.
1: Thank you very much. Yes, amen to that. Amen. <laughs> well, up next, our weekly Q&A, and today, once again, we are joined by Sydney Bennett. Please stay with us.
4: Visionary.
0: This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's web radio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door.
1: Okay, we are back. And joining us once again is Sidney Bennett. Hi, Sid. Good, Hi. Good to be here. Hi. Okay, I'll lob you an easy one right now. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Do you believe God government as we've described it is possible?
5: It seems like a stretch, doesn't it? it sure uh, does. Looking at the world scene and certainly in this country. But, but yes, it is possible. And the reason it's possible is because it's happened before. And as we've talked about in other shows, there's a history of this planet that is unknown. We go back maybe, what, 10 or 15,000 years, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's about it. But it's much, much older than that. And there have been golden age civilizations on this planet in the Pacific, uh, where the continent of Lemuria was before it sank, and in the right. Atlantic, uh, on the continent of Atlantis, and other places as well. Mm-hmm. So it has happened before. It is possible, and just as it is possible to have God-government, it's possible to lose it, as is evidenced on this planet.
1: See.
2: Right. Well, if we had God-government, as we're discussing it now, wouldn't we have essentially a
5: golden age? Well, if not a golden age, a precursor to a golden age, and be, being very close to there. And I, I mm-hmm. think what... It is difficult for, for the human mind is looking at we, where, where we are now with God government upon this planet and what the current situation is. How do we get from here to there with the various factions and peoples and, and so forth going on? And I think we have to understand it's a spiritual equation. It's an equation of light and darkness. And when the light is greater than the darkness, the scales tip, so to speak, hmm. and things can change very quickly. So appearances to the contrary, God-government is very possible in the United States and throughout this planet if enough of the people of God will rally and call forth that light that will make the difference.
1: Well, the fact that you've got two sides, or maybe more than two, to this equation, would that tend to explain why not everyone wants God-government or an ideal society?
5: Well, I mean, we know that there are people, as we have chosen the left-handed path, mm-hmm. the fallen angels in embodiment, and some other life streams that... For whatever reason have decided not to pursue God. So they don't want God government because God essentially would be in charge in that situation and they want to be in charge. I mean, the fallen angels thought they were smarter than God. That was Lucifer's sin of pride. We know what we're doing. We don't need God in this equation. So there are those forces out there that would oppose this and do oppose it, uh, yeah. as we can see in our society. Well, let's switch gears for a moment and
2: focus on the world's economic condition. Uh, we could use a lot more God in the economy, couldn't we?
5: Well, we, <laughs> I don't, don't think we don't think get, get any argument here on that. And yeah. I, I think, you know, uh, the economy, you don't think of as being a spiritual topic. And yet, certainly it is because the economy of the sons and daughters of God is absolutely essential to their health, to their welfare, to their well-being, education, everything in society. You need a strong economy. And of course, that's something we don't have in this country or throughout this planet. It seems like it's always on the verge of collapse, mm. uh, more so lately. So clearly, something's got to change in the economy. Um, for it to function, uh, as a, as a God-centered government. Right. Well, you
1: know, let's, um, uh, maybe drill down on that a little bit here. Um, spending a lot of time inside America's banking system as you did, uh, gives you a unique perspective on what we see in work, world economic news. I mean, is it as bad as it seems?
5: You know, let me let me just look at the, the the microcosm, if you will, of this in terms of the people that I know dealt with over many many years in the banking system. And I got to tell you, the vast majority of them were honest, hardworking people of integrity, and that is the backbone of the American economy and obviously the world economy where it existed. Unfortunately. Uh, there are politicians that still want to tell the story of a free lunch. And uh, just as there <laughs> are theologians that want to tell the story of the free lunch with Jesus, there are politicians that want to tell the free lunch in the economic sense. Mm-hmm. And of course, we know there is quote unquote no free lunch is based on hard work, on core economics and so forth. And yet there is a, a part of our, of the people that would like to think the government's going to take care of them economically and they don't have to do anything. And so this has led to the overspending, to the massive accumulation of debt and people buy the lie, because you know they're looking at their own lives and maybe can't see what's coming. I mean, look what's happening in Greece today. It's coming due in mm-hmm. Greece, and it will come due everywhere until we understand that the laws of economics are also the laws of God, and we have to bring God into the economy as we want to bring him into the government as well.
1: You know, I don't remember who said this. Um, it was um, a pretty clear-thinking individual, obviously, but some goes back a ways, maybe to, to Tocqueville, for all I know. But he said that when the people realize that they can write, a, write themselves a check, it's all over.
5: Yeah. In a democracy, that's the danger. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Could what we're seeing around the world economically be the birth pains of a new golden age? <laughs>
5: well, there's pain. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, until some core things change, we're not going to see a golden age economically, in my opinion. And maybe the coming due of this massive debt structure on the planet and and the myth of something for nothing um, the myth of the government's ability to create money out of nothing and nowhere. Um, maybe it'll come at some point when the karma comes due, people will realize enough's enough. Let's do it God's way. So hopefully it is. Yeah. Well,
1: what's your opinion about the gold standard? I mean, should we return to it?
5: You know, the ascended masters are very much in favor of the gold standard. <clears throat> and there's a number of reasons for this. Because gold, of course, you can't just create it out of nothing like Some people in government like to do with money. (laughs) And so it puts a natural break on, on people's ability to spend on inflation and deflation and so forth. It does have intrinsic value. And I would like to say that, you know, the masters are very practical. They don't say in one day suddenly we're going to go from our current economic situation to a gold standard because there'd be chaos. You have to transition (laughs) into this and you have, but you have to start somewhere to get there. What is it about gold that makes it so uniquely attractive? Well, people have always loved gold. Well, what is it? You know, Mm -hmm. certainly it's nice to look at and it it doesn't uh, tarnish and so forth. But gold actually contains light. Um, The masters have referred to it as precipitated sunlight. Oh, that's right. And so it is a very, it's a commodity that not only looks beautiful, but it's a commodity that holds light. And it has value in the intrinsic light that is within it. And so that is why, for instance, the masters recommend that we wear gold on our person. Mm -hmm. Because it magnetizes the light, it holds light. And, um, you know, the allure of gold is more than just its, its surface beauty. It does have spiritual qualities.
1: Does that well, extend to fillings? <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, I even understand
2: that the, uh, in a golden, in golden ages, prisoners wore gold. Mm-hmm. Have you, had you heard that? Well, I think that, that, to, st- to, raise their vibration. Yeah. Certain
5: gold will raise our vibration. Mm-hmm. And, and there are many things that can be done to change our auras and so forth. And we talked about that on other shows. Yeah. But yes, it's, it's gold is definitely something that, that, um, that, that is, should be adorned on us. Not We don't covet it or seek it or hide it or squirrel it away, but it's something that should be freely moving in our society.
1: Yeah. Well, I'd love to see that day come. Yeah. Well, you know, I realize as we're talking that it's awfully hard to talk about God-centered government without really talking God-centered life. You know, Isn't this really the point that God needs to be our partner in all aspects of our lives, as, at the personal level as well as the planetary?
5: Well, that's true. And, of course, we understand that you have to start with yourself. We can't go out preaching, the government's got to do this, got to do that, and so forth. We have to begin with ourselves. And, of course, for any God-government to exist, God has to be the center of that. And for God-government even to exist in our being, in our personal world, we have to make the decision, God, we want your will more than we want our will. We want you to reign supreme in our being and take command. And a lot of people are not willing to bend the knee. Mm. And so not only do we have to do that individually, but we have to do it collectively to have true God government throughout this planet. And I and I just want to add a little side note here, that somehow people think God's will is something to be afraid of. It's gonna God's going to make me do this or do that, something I don't want to do, or give up something I don't want to give up. Nothing could be further from the truth. As we move forward individually in God's will, what happens is we become so filled with light that those things that seemed important to us in the past, we willingly let go of Mm -hmm. them. It's not Mm -hmm. like they're being dragged from us. We say, you know, that may have been part of me at one time, but this is more important. The presence of God, of the light, of his guidance is more important than whatever habit patterns I had or attachments to this or that might have been. And I'm willing to sacrifice and give up certain things because God is more important to me. And so collectively, and God's will is more important, and collectively that's what nations must do as well. They must put the need of or put God's will first and the needs of others even ahead of themselves. Not that we deny what we need to do grow spiritually and what we need physically, but it's a collective consciousness of God's will first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and then all the things shall come to you.
1: Amen.
2: Uh, let's talk a bit more specifically about the role uh, of education in teaching our children the value of God-centered families, communities,
5: and government. It's, it's a pretty big role, isn't it? Well, indeed. And, of course, you know, we could do an entire show on education. Perhaps we should sometime. Mm-hmm. Or I guess we have. It's time to think about it. <laughs> yes, we <have>. But um But, <laughs> you know, obviously uh, what we educate our children with is going to determine what kind of adults and leaders they are. And that's why education is so important. And, of course, as so we said before, the Ascended Masters sponsor uh, sponsored Maria Montessori and that education. And there's a great spiritual side to her teachings that very often isn't brought forward. But if you look for I think her book is a child in the soul or mm-hmm. something like that, and in how important religious teaching and so forth is the development of the soul, and of course the Montessori method is is great gaining, gaining great favor in many places today.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you know, as we're talking about putting God back into government and back into education and back literally into every aspect of our social fabric. We're really speaking about putting God first, not only in our souls, but in our hearts, you know, and I know that takes a bit of doing. So how do we achieve the self-mastery we need to put God first and keep Him first?
5: Well, first of all, we have to desire it. We have to desire that we want God in our lives, that we want God's will in our lives, that we know there's a purpose and a mission for our lives, That is the ascension to become one with God. In other words, you have to have a certain perspective to gain self-mastery. We're not going into it for self-gain. We're going into it to develop ourselves spiritually. But that can be very unselfish. That's not a selfish thing because we can do so much for others. So we have to begin with that fire and that determination. We want God's will. That's the direction we want to go into. And we're willing to do, with God's help as he teaches us, those things we need to do to gain that self-mastery. So not only we can grow spiritually, but obviously the planet can grow, and the blessed souls of light on this planet can learn the truth about where they're going and what they need to do to get there.
1: Well, on that note, I think it's time we took a short break. Uh, When we return, we'll continue our discussion of God, government, and the ideal society with Sid Bennett. Don't go away.
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? follow the ascended masters these great saints and sages of east and west have walked where you walk they are committed to helping you to find your way home and their teachings are always practical our goal on the open door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The Voice America Seventh Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door.
1: Thanks for staying with us, everyone. Uh, We're back with Sid Bennett. And before the last break, we were talking about achieving self-mastery. Is there anything you'd like to add before we move on?
5: Well, I think we, we talked about before the break, you have to desire it. You have to recognize that God's will is really what you want. And, you know, not to be afraid of God's will, but to embrace it. Because literally it is our salvation, not only individually, but collectively um, on this planet if we want God government. But but that's the first step. But it's not enough. Um, how do you gain self-mastery? I mean, that's a good question, isn't yeah. it? I mean, mm-hmm. if, it, if you're learning to play the piano, you practice, right? Mm-hmm. You have a teacher. Well, the Ascended Masters are our teachers, and they're, you know, they're the highest teachers that I know of on this planet. And if you really want to get there fast, they know the way. And ask God to show you, you know, is this path for me? Is this teaching for me? Is this the way I should go? And then once you understand the path, you got to go to work on it, because it is work. You don't gain mastery except by learning and doing. And you become a Buddha through the plane of action, not through the plane of acting. Excuse me, of meditation, (laughs) Mm -hmm. although meditation is important, obviously. Mm -hmm. And so you realize there's a path and there's a way. And as we, by God's grace, gain our mastery, can hold more light, it's going to change the vibration of the planet. The scales can get to the point where there's enough light, they're going to tip. And the light is going to reign supreme upon this planet. And it begins with us individually, not surprisingly.
1: No, and I (laughs) take your point. I think that, you know, great performances don't just happen. Yeah. You got to kind of do a little work for. You know, I love
5: the story mm-hmm. that uh the masters tells that Archangel Gabriel practiced what he was going to say to Mary when he went to oh. for the annunciation. Oh. And you think, you know, well, what do angels need to practice? Isn't that yeah. interesting? Though? So it odd. shows you that, you know, my father works and I work. And yeah. so it's not just us but the angels. Wow, I like that. That's a great story.
1: Well, I'd just kind of move it back just for a moment into this God-centered government uh, focus we had started with. Um and this question uh, maybe is a dub Bit difficult to a- uh, answer but won't even a God-centered government and ideal society still have to deal with evil and the meeting out of justice
5: well of course I mean um, you know God respects free will and so there are people out there said I'm an atheist I don't want God in government or I'm an agnostic you know don't tell me what to think and so <laughs> forth and so they have certain rights yeah. as individuals God has given them they have their <laughs> free will and so everything must be done in concert in uh, respecting rights of others but obviously in any society those that break the laws of standard behavior in society, there must be justed, meted out, as, as you suggest. So that, that would definitely be part of it, um, but I think it would be at a much higher level than what we're seeing today on this planet. God wants to create the chalice on this planet, the Ascended Masters do, where people have the truth. Because what happens is, when people have the truth, they act differently. The problem today is... People don't have the truth. They don't have the truth about their spiritual nature, about the true nature of the mission of Jesus Christ, about who they are, where they're going, and how they get there. And, of course, when they don't have the truth, they can't make the right decisions. And we've got powers that be in the media and the government that don't want the people to know the truth because it will compromise their power. (laughs) And so we must begin spiritually. The, the desire to change government in this nation, yes, we have rights as citizens to do what we need to do, but it really must begin spiritually within ourselves. And then we can move forward and see things change and start to happen. Mm-hmm.
1: Boy, you just nailed it, Sid. Uh, people uh, have to be denied the truth because it will compromise the power of our leaders. Yeah. Whew. Yeah,
5: yeah.
2: We know our God is a God of peace, but what should we do when terrorism and war are thrust upon us? You know,
5: we've talked a number of times on this show <clears throat> about the forces or elements of evil upon this planet. We know there are fallen angels in embodiment. There are no, that there are, are uh beings from other systems of worlds that do not have benign uh desires for this planet, want to control it and so forth, and have tried to in the past. And so there is a force of darkness out there. And Life must be defended. The light must be defended. Now of course that can be misused. you know the Crusades were going to kill everybody that doesn't believe as we do or the, the, the <laughs> right. fundamentalist uh, Islamic movement today that wants to kill all non-believers. So you can see where that can be misused, obviously. yes. Mm-hmm. But the point is we can't let life suffer or God to suffer mm-hmm. on this planet without taking a stand for light and truth. And sometimes that requires military action.
1: Yeah, no, you raise a good question. I think we've spoken of this before, but it bears repeating. There's a difference between wanting peace and having a pacifistic attitude or pacifism.
5: Right. You know, look at the Tibetans. The centered masters have taught us that the Tibetans have been one of the highest spiritual evolutions on this planet, their tradition and so forth. They were taken over by the communist Chinese, I think, in 1949. And if you ever saw the history of that, they tried to fight back, and some of them were fighting back with sticks and rocks. Okay. Oh. They are very peaceful, beautiful people, but they lost and were taken over because they were not able to defend themselves. And sometimes that requires physical defense, yep. not just spiritual. God expects us to take accountability for our own defense. And so tragically, they were lost and have been persecuted now for what, 60 years. So there comes a time when we must physically defend what God has given us and what it, and what is, um, you know, God's will and our life and our family and so forth. Obviously that is subject to misuse and you yeah. have to be very careful. It doesn't mean you go off and get involved in every place <laughs> upon this planet where you think there might be evil. You have to know when to act and when not to act.
1: But the masters are not pacifists.
5: Absolutely not. Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. a karma of pacifism, um, that is, can be very intense. So, you know, it's, it's not easy to always know the right thing to do, but truth and life must be defended. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Okay, let, let's talk about what happens when our leaders are elected. I'm I'm talking about the mantles that the uh, oh, good the, question, you know, the masters tell us descend upon the elected officials. Now, what
5: are these mantles, and how do they work? Well, it's interesting, but a mantle is like a cloak of light, and you you can get sponsorship and a certain um, uh, power that comes to you because you are sponsored by God by the ascended masters, mm-hmm. and the office of President of the United States was designed to be an office in hierarchy of the Great White Brotherhood, of the Ascended Masters. Really? Yes. And at that office has been sponsored even when people that have not been of the light have occupied it. Wow. Now, unfortunately, in the 1980s, we were told that that sponsorship was withdrawn because of the behavior of some of our presidents. Now, I don't know whether it's back or not, but it's it's an understanding that God can work through anybody. And that's why the Ascended Masters sometimes work with people that we might not like um, and yet, as Mrs. Prophet said, the masters must work through who's in office. Yeah. So, yes, there is a mantle. It is very powerful. But, of course, people have free will. And they can do what they want even with that mantle. And that's very evident as we look at some of the events in history. Well, right. so, so
1: they can get a sense of something that needs to be done, but they could choose
5: not to do it. Absolutely. And, of <laughs> course, there's many forces coming at them. And when people don't take time to be with God, to to give God their attention, devote themselves to God, and to recognize that God is the source of everything, whether it be government or life, then they can get confused, or they can lose, uh, perspective on what they need to do, because there's many voices coming yeah. at their leaders.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and we suspect that the fallen ones are ensconced in our government to one extent or another. I mean, that we have to assume that their, their presence is...
5: Well, unfortunately there. we do. And <laughs> so that's why, you know, we have to pray to God to put those people in power, that he can work through and can bring those things about for the greatest good for the greatest number in this nation and throughout the planet well on
2: this general topic of God-centered God-governed society do you think we're being too idealistic <laughs> or is this simply too steep a
5: mountain to climb you know it's tempting to think that sometimes. I mean I think that the, the the fallen ones want us to become cynical. Like, oh, what's the use? You know, mm-hmm. nothing ever changes. No, ever, no matter who gets elected, it's always the same. And, of course, there's a certain element of truth to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we have to understand there is a higher way. There is a higher way individually than this passivity of Jesus did everything for me. There's a higher way of government. It can come about. It has come about. And when we begin with ourselves and start to change ourselves, that will have a ripple effect and eventually get to the level of the government. Again, it's an equation of light and darkness. We can't control others, but we can control ourselves. And as we begin our path of spiritual adeptship and holding light and invoking light through the science of the spoken word, through our prayers, our devotions, our submission to the will of God, not only will our lives change, but our communities will change, our states and our nations. We may not see it, but it's happening at inner levels, and it will come into the physical at some point. Yeah.
1: Well, Well, I think on that note... Uh, it's a good place to probably yeah, it's today's encouraging. show up. Well, it is very encouraging. I mean, yeah. it, we know it's
5: not easy. Yeah.
1: You know, I think you've made that point quite clear that what we're dealing with right now is, is in fact, a pretty steep hill, but it's doable. We, we can't give up hope, especially getting close to the goal.
5: And we may be closer than you think, yeah. despite appearances. Yeah.
1: Well, as always, another hour has just flown by. I know. And uh we've got to wrap it up. So, Sydney, thank you again, as always. Uh, it's really a pleasure to have you with us. And we want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us today. We hope you find as the
2: subject <laughs> Yes. We hope you find the subject we share illuminating and helpful as you pursue your spiritual path. And we always welcome your comments, questions, and concerns. Simply send them to us at webradio at TSL.org. That's webradio at TSL.org, and please be sure to join us again.
1: Absolutely. And thank you all for being with us today. And remember, though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out, out of, of this, this world. world. Awaken to your inner divinity, everyone. Have a great week. Bye for now.
0: Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.